Okay, okay, so we are now at the second to last episode of season three. Uh, today we are featuring Khadija Doso. So as you all know, we are partnering with Black Ambition all season long, and I'm super excited to be able to feature her as the Black Ambition HBCU Grand Prize winner. Uh, Khadija earlier this year won $250,000 from Black Ambition, uh, and her work, her passion, her drive, her motivation uh, is just it's just incredible. And so to be in conversation with her was just a masterclass of being able to really understand what she's all about and what she's trying to do. And so I am not going to hold this any longer. Khadija Doso, everyone. Enjoy. Okay, so we have on today's podcast, Khadija Doso, the founder of Doso Beauty and the winner of the HBCU Black Ambition Prize. How are you doing, Khadija? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Super happy to be here. Excited to chat with you and with everybody else as well. This is this is just it, it feels like this is your time, right? Like this is this is your time. You are rising what seems to be very quickly, but like we know that is not true, right? And we'll mm-hmm. dig more deeper into that. But like, I just want to uh, just, you know, take a moment, you know, you are building an incredible brand. Uh, you are doing incredible work uh, in regards to representation, specifically for Black women, right? Um, you are advancing various different pathways. Uh, and, I, and I really want to kind of like start from the beginning with you, right? Like, obviously, you didn't just wake up yesterday and, and, and was born and and it just happened, right? Can you can you start us from the beginning, Khadija, and really kind of just talk about, um, you know, what brought you to this current point? How did you get your start? Yeah. So um, I was born and raised in West Philadelphia. Um, super. I've heard that before. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was definitely on the playground for most of my days. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I was born and raised in West Philly. And um, from a little girl, I, I knew on early that, like, I was supposed to be doing much more than um, what people thought I was supposed to do, um, being a little Black girl from West Philly, right? I, I've always dreamt big. I've always um, knew that I would be in the world of beauty um, because I was obsessed almost with like making things beautiful and like making people feel good. And um, so I would braid, I'll never forget um, the first day, my sixth grade pictures, right? It was picture day. And my mom, she allowed me to braid my hair for picture day. Now, when I look back at that picture, I'm like, Oh my God, why did she do that? But it was, I needed that because I needed that confidence boost to say like, Hey, I feel beautiful. I can do this X, I, and Z. And so, um, my love for beauty really started when I was young. Um, I would go into the beauty supply stores with my mom and I would see all these different products and it's like a kid in a candy store. And so I would pick up some of the products and I would say, Hmm, this is a really big word on the ingredients part. What does this mean? And I would say, mom, like, what is this product? What is this ingredient? She's like, I don't know. I would ask the teller. They're like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, well, if nobody knows what's actually in these products, something has to be off, like something has to be wrong. And so I made it my mission to build, you know, you know, say I wanted to build an organic beauty empire because I knew it would be really, really important um, for us to have transparency and beauty. And also because Madam C.J. Walker is one of my inspirations. And I was just always obsessed about how she built Black wealth, right? Black generational wealth for herself, for her community, for her daughter. And yeah, I wanted to be the next modern day organic um, Madam C.J. Walker. 
Okay. Uh, Madam C.J. Walker. I still need to watch that uh, Netflix series that, that they had come out a couple of years ago. So, yeah. so Deja, tell me about Philadelphia. Tell me about like how Philadelphia shaped who you are. You know, one of the things that I've heard and learned a lot on this podcast is that environment is important, right? And it really propels you into the direction that you ultimately want to go, whether it be for good or for bad. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about your hometown and talk about what that really was, was like for you uh, growing up? Up. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, so I grew up in West Philly. Um, there's two parts of West Philly, actually three. There is the other side of market, which is like, you know, somewhat lower to middle class. Um, you have the Winfield side, which is just like middle, upper middle class, and you have down the bottom. So I was on the side, the other side of market where it's like um, middle to low class as far as like economics is concerned. And so I grew up in the hood and um, I felt like my my story and I it shaped me to be who I am because it was a, a certain sense of grit, right? I had to make it out. I had to be successful. Um, my grandparents on my mom's side, they migrated um, from South Carolina to Philly um, when my uh, right before my mom and my um, uncles were born. And so um, I came from a very tenacious family and a family of, of hard workers and entrepreneurs. And so um, my grandfather built one of the first McDonald's that was in Philly, right? And so I came from this this sense of black excellence within my my hometown, and and having my grandmother be a hometown hero, grandfather being a hometown hero, was really important for me to say like, hey, I'm taking this this um you know direction that they've given me, and I'm continuing the legacy, right? I'm I have to again make it out, but make it back too, and so. Um, I actually just recently moved back to Philly from New York. I was living in New York for four years. And I always say I've, I've been very reflective for the past couple of like weeks because um, I'm back in Philly, but just in a different capacity. I'm on the other side, the upper middle class side now, right, of, of West Philly. And like seeing the city from a different lens, like it just it has such a grit to it, right? So many good and amazing, talented people that are there that sometimes feel like they don't believe in themselves, right? Or they don't think that they are worthy of leaving the city or, or getting out and doing more and seeing the world. And so um, I'm happy to say that I know that there's more for us outside of the city of Philadelphia. Um, and I've been able to see the world. Mm, and you're bringing the world back to Philly. Exactly. Yes. Everything is coming full circle. You talked about um, legacy. We'll get I want to I want to dive deeper in, into that with you later. But, you know, you, I, I'm someone who was a history buff. Right. I, I minored in history in college. I love history and, and history really informs where where you need to go. And I love how you talked about your grandparents. And, and, and you know, we're in this moment of time where it seems like HBCUs are having like this um, Harlem Renaissance part two, part three, part four. I don't, I don't know which, you know, because like I watched, I watched a different world growing up. So like, I know, like, you know, there, there's been levels to this over the years, but like, you know, we're, we're, people are talking about HBCUs and there's so much energy um, around HBCUs and you chose to go to a historically black college. And, and I'm, I'm wondering why, like, I mean, obviously I know why, but like I, for the listeners, I, I want, I'm wondering why you chose an HBCU and why you chose the specific HBCU that you chose and mm-hmm. how did that shape you? Uh, as a leader. Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned before, um, being from the hood, right, and not being surrounded by uh, an overabundance of Black educated people who look like me, um, I think it the reason that I chose um, Hampton was because it was such a sea of beautiful Black people who were there to do positive things. And I felt like I needed to be in that sea of, of, of Black people um, to be, you know, college educated around the same people and with the professors that had me in mind and not just another degree or not 
just another student. I didn't want a huge lecture hall, right? I wanted to be intimate with my teachers and to really have them to get to know me and see my potential and to pour into me like, you know, no other PWI could ever try to pour into it. So, so my uncle actually went to Hampton for undergrad. And so he was always a huge proponent. So in, in 12th grade, um, I went to a leadership conference at Hampton and I walked on campus and somebody was like, hey, are you a freshman? And I'm like, no, but I will be next year. And it was just that happiness and that positivity and, and, and you know, seeing what the potential of who I could be and become which is was so important to me. And I, and that's why I chose my HBCU and, and I love it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Mm. Shout out to Hampton university. We, yeah. we, we, we appreciate the home by the sea. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's really, really amazing. And, and did you find your, your, um, did you find your passion at Hampton? Did you really lean into that specifically? What was your major at Hampton? Um, I was a five-year MBA major. Ah, okay. Um, so, you know, in the school of business, there was no joke at all whatsoever. Um, and I mean, my passion for beauty had, you know, been long before then, but I think Hampton really helped me to refine and to put pen to paper and say, hey, you know, this is what Doso Beauty's organic empire is going to look right, look like. And so, and even, even as a junior, I actually, for my personal finance class, I had a whole, you know, business plan that I put together for those organic empire. That's what the, the project was called. And so I had to think about like what the structure of the business would be, um, you know, what, uh, how I would file the business, how it would be organized, how would I generate revenue and things like that. And so um, a lot of the formal and technical business skills that I gained, I got that from Hampton. I mean, but working wise, I've been working since I was a little girl. My first time having a job, I was 12 years old, right? And I could legally have a job. I was a, uh, a emerging junior servant leader. And so I would go to camp and then I would spend half of the day um, being like a teacher's assistant to the college students in camp. And so, um, and even prior to that, my, I would go to work with my grandfather, right? Um, he had a construction and a masonry and bricklaying business. And so I would be laying concrete at 10, right? Wow. Which is crazy to think about. Wow. So um, I've always been like a worker, um, always had work ethic. My last name is also translated to Fofana, which means hunter um, from my dad's side in, in West Africa. And so working has always been a thing, but um, Hampton was definitely pivotal in helping me to build a network, helping me to refine my skills and, and get the business acumen um, that I need, even boosting my confidence and helping me to understand who I was, who I am and, um, you know, that I deserve to be in those rooms um, to speak eloquently, right? Um, and to just, again, become a bit more refined so that I can best present myself. So I want to get into the nitty gritty of you building Delso Beauty. And I really want to kind of, you, you kind of uh, alluded to this a little bit in, in beginning with your junior year of uh, Doso's organic empire, right? Which is now I'm assuming Doso Beauty. Um, yeah. And, and I, I find it really powerful that you chose your last name right? You chose your last name to lead this brand, to lead this business. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm interested in why. Why did you choose Doso, uh, your, your last name as, as the business? So, so like I mentioned, like Doso means hunter. Um, I knew that this would be a legacy that would live far beyond me, right? Like Doso Beauty is not about me. And I always tell people that it's, it's not about me. Yes, I started the company, but this is about a legacy, leaving a legacy um, that my, in building generational wealth for years and years and generations to come. And um, Doso resonates so well because again, being as though I made this out of nothing, right? Out of an idea and an inkling as a little girl. And I was always hungry enough to want to start it. Didn't know how or when or what money I was going to use to start it. It was really important for me to say, hey, like I hunted literally 
to build this beauty, um, beauty business and in, in, in my baby. Right. And so that's why, you know, I decided to name it Doso Beauty because, you know, I'm always I've been striving to do this for a long time and I finally got a chance to do it. And I, I wouldn't stop until I got it. Mm-hmm. So for all those who don't know, what is Doso Beauty? Uh, Doso Beauty is an organic e-commerce um, beauty supply store. Uh, we have two sides of the business. So um, we have we host about 120 different products um, on our website, which is dosobeauty.com. Um, we also ha- um, have products that are on walmart.com and amazon.com as well, too. And hopefully Ulta.com soon. For for those who are listening, I know that there is a lot of folks who are saying like she did this at such a young age and was able to scale this in such a way that, you know, a lot of people can't duplicate. They just will not be able to duplicate. Right. Um, And I'm curious, Khadija, because when you think about beauty products, when you think about black owned beauty products, there's not a lot right? There is not as many as we would like to see, right? And, and so do you feel like a, a sense of responsibility um, or a sense of pressure, uh, if you will, to be a representation of Black women-owned uh, beauty products? And, and if so, or if not, like, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely feel like it's a, it's a responsibility. I'm known as like a beauty guru, right? For my friends and for, you know, lots of my customers, they'll come to me to ask me questions or for different beauty solutions. I kind of am like the spearheaded at the front. And I mean, also from a numbers perspective and from, you know, looking at the landscape of, of the business, most people don't understand that the ethnic hair care market is majorly owned by white and Korean men, right? Black women consume over 67 percent of ethnic hair care products but we are less than three percent of ownership wow. so that's powerful there right i have i feel a sense of responsibility because i have to be a part of that three percent because if i'm consuming the products and my people are consuming the products but we're not in the rooms and we're not curating and creating the products then it's not really you know products with us in mind for us it's just the business it's transactional so that's why Doso beauty is really important and it's personal to me because i feel a personal obligation to you know stand as that proxy for black women those numbers are staggering. I didn't know that. Um, and I think that a lot of people don't know that, um, you, you know, you, you, you know what you're buying, you know, what the intent is, you know, the look, the Instagram post, whatever you want to kind of call, but you don't, the business side of it. And, and, and I'm curious, do you feel like a resistance, um, to those in the industry, um, from, on the other side of things that are not necessarily looking at it from like, Oh, this is culturally empowering, but this is really like a transactional experience where we're just trying to sell you something and, and be done with you. Oh, absolutely. For sure. I mean, like even when I look back to high school, when I wanted to, you know, work in a beauty supply store that was Korean owned, like they told me no, you know, like they told, they told me no, absolutely not. Um, I, when I first started Doso Beauty and I just had, you know, hundred percent mink eyelashes, um, I would go into different beauty supply stores in Harlem, um, and say, Hey, like I have these products. Um, I was wondering if I can get any shelf placement. They told me no. Right. I've even walked into a black owned um, beauty supply store when I first had the braiding hair. And um, I said, you know, I have this braiding hair. It's hypoallergenic. It's one of its kind on this on the market. Um, it's really impactful. All of our customers love it. We sell really well on our website and they touch the hair and they're like, well, this feels kind of rough to me. Right. And so there's there's been a bunch of resistance, but that's helped to propel and make me stronger because I know and I trust and believe in my products. And I know my product is going to continue to get better and better over time. And so instead of, you know, asking for a seat at other people's tables, I built my own table. 
right? And now I'm bringing other people to my table so that we all can sit down and have a conversation and build this ecosystem of, you know, Black generational wealth and, and Black economics and like the supply chain. So yeah, definitely lots of resistance, but it's made me stronger. It's made you stronger. And, and I'm curious about fear. Have you at any point in this journey been afraid and how have you overcome that? And if you haven't, um, I'm curious to like what has been instilled in you to kind of, you know, move past fear. Um, Because for many people, starting a business is scary. Right. And being one of few. Right. Mm -hmm. There is this like eyeglass that like it's like, let me watch everything that you do. Right. Because you are really setting the roadmap for me to follow behind you, Um, specifically black women in this case. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? that it's, it's it's really important for us to for me for me to reflect and keep my blinders on um i don't think that i've had much fear of me being successful it's how successful i plan to be you know it's kind of like i already knew that i was destined in the cars to that success was destined for me but it's just really like having you know the idea especially because i'm a i'm a i'm a dreamer i'm an innovator and so like i have all these crazy ideas i'm just like how do i make all of it happen or like does it all need to happen right now and so me having my blinders on and not really worrying about the competition you know keeping my eyes out and you know seeing you know that other people are building businesses and that obviously this is a saturated market I have a filler out for everybody else and what they're doing, but I got my blinders on because I know what the destiny for what Doso Beauty is, is not for anybody else, right? Where we're supposed to go is where we're going to go because that's what's destined in the cards. Um, rather than looking and having fear about what other people will think or say, or you know how you know they will feel about the business or about me. It's not about me again. It's not about the, it's not about um, me trying to have an ego or anything like that. This, this, business is created for black women and for black people to understand that there can be health and beauty in one and the same. You know, I, I was telling you before we started this conversation that I was reading a lot about you. And one of the things that I found that was most profound was actually not something that was written about you. It was more so something that you wrote um, to your audience. And you said on Instagram, this is for every single black girl who thought they weren't good enough, smart enough, talented enough, rich enough, popular enough, or was too much for the world to handle. God created a path for us to make the impossible possible, to create a life that we lit, love to live despite our obstacles or circumstances by simply following our dreams. You are more than enough. You said that in response to you winning uh, the HBCU grand prize from uh, Black Ambition. And, and I'm really, I really want to lean into that statement because it was so powerful because there are so many complexities to the entrepreneurial journey um, and specifically for Black women um, in this space, right? You're always, you know, for, from what I'm told, uh, you're always questioning. You're always asking the question, am I this? Am I too much? Am I should I step back? Should I step forward? You know, should I step aside? You know, there, there is so much to that. And, and, and when you're responding, I just, I felt that energy that you put into, to that, uh, that statement on Instagram. And, and I want to know, like, what was it like for you winning that grand prize? What was it like for you to, to really kind of like be propelled in that way and to receive that acknowledgement of, of, of really saying like, you are more than enough, like maybe more so than out, out of this world. And this is how we're going to invest in you and really see you rise. Yeah, I think it was a 
life changing actually. Um, cause you know, like being as though I built a business, um, I knew I could do it. Right. Like my customers are giving me amazing feedback and they're telling me, Khadija, you've changed my life with braiding hair. You know, I love your products. Like, thank you for this. Um, but hearing those words and, and hearing, you know, Pharrell himself, one of my icons and like someone I have always looked up to say, Hey, like Khadija, you're doing it. It made me, it made me feel seen. And, you know, as a black woman to be in a room, you know, sometimes we can get overshadowed all the more often than not. But that day I felt seen. I felt that, you know, Pharrell and the Black Ambition team saw that this this company that I built wasn't just a thing. It wasn't just a brand, but this is a legacy um, that, you know, will go again far beyond me and, and that we're making a real true impact and even more so inspiring others to really follow their dreams. And so um, that that post was intentional, right? That post was very well thought out. And it was it's my way of saying like, hey, guys, I felt seen today. Um, I see you guys as well, too. Mm. I see you guys too. Legacy. You you mentioned legacy at the beginning of this conversation. I said I was going to save it for you. you you've talked about legacy throughout this this conversation, really, and and I really want to to ask you how do you, Doso Beauty, Khadija, family, how do you define legacy? Mm-hmm. Legacy for me is ancestry. Um, legacy is, is current, is past, is present, is future. Um, I, I usually refer to a term, it's a key tree term, a West African term called Sankofa, which means reach back while climbing forward. And so, and if you see this, the symbol of Sankofa, it's like a bird with their beak going back towards their back. Legacy for me means that like what I'm doing now is being set up for my future generations that far beyond me, my ancestry being as though my dad is from West Africa and my mom is American and, and my grandparents were from down, down South, like all of their legacy and their stories helped to make and shape me who, who I am. Right. And so I will hope that, you know, the great work that they put in to help to build me to where I am right now is the same work that I'm going to do for my kids. Right. And, um, or that not even just for my children, but you know, the legacy that I'm leaving in Philadelphia, being a Philadelphian, right. Being a Hamptonian, um, you know, being a black woman, I'm inspiring other people every single day and leaving that a little bit of my legacy with every conversation like this that I have with every article, right. With every product that we put out. Um, so it's, it's really important because your legacy will far live beyond you. I mean, obviously I wasn't alive when Matter CJ Walker was alive, but I was inspired enough to want to build a whole, my own organic beauty empire because her legacy was lingering, you know, and it still lingers till this day, um, on people who, you know, love beauty or, you know, want to accumulate black generational wealth. Mm. 10 years. Where do you see Dosa Beauty? Oh, 10 years from now, I see Dosa Beauty. Um, becoming even more of an international brand, um, doing a lot of philanthropic work. I'm actually working on some stuff. Um, my dad is from Ivory Coast, and so we're working on some ideas to try to help out Ivory Coast and um, help out with sustainability there and teaching, you know, some of the braiders there some new techniques and providing them with like healthier beauty tools and stuff like that. And so I see us doing a lot of those projects, you know, in other countries, um, Black communities as well, especially to make sure that we're providing opportunities, access, jobs, resources to 
people of color all, all over the world. And so super excited about what's happening. And it's crazy to think that like, I just started this business three years ago and it's gotten this far, thus far. So I can only imagine, you know, whatever my dream is five times, that is what, you know, Dosco Beauty will be built upon within the next 10 years. Mm-mm-mm. Khadija, you are outstanding. You are, you're doing such incredible work and you are saying the things, man. You are saying things. May I ask, how old are you? I'm 26. I'll be 27. 26. And like sitting here saying the things, man, I, I, I'm just so excited for you. I'm so excited for you. You, you deserve this. Uh, I'm so excited that Black Ambition saw your work and, and saw your impact and said, we are going to invest in this. And I'm so excited that I was able to speak with you today. I mean, I've learned so much. You're going to have me Googling more now. Like, I, like I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a lot to look up after this conversation. But, uh, you know, what I will say is that b- before we close, you're making your family and your ancestors proud just by doing this, right? Just by doing this. I, I just, I can't say that enough and, and I cannot wait to see, you know, I said 10 years, but I'm excited for just what next year is going to look like. Right, yeah. What is next year going to look like? You probably already got the game plan mapped out, but I'm going to let, I'm going to let people watch it, watch. I'm just going to give them just enough with this conversation. I'm going to let people watch. So congratulations, Khadija. I'm so excited for you. And uh, this is the Black Stage. <laughs>